We're going. What is good? What is good? Welcome to Panties in the Mouth. I'm Andy. There's Nate. Intro and these are awkward as shit. Don't laugh at me, Nate. Uh, <laughs> what is good? What is good? What is good? How are y'all doing? I wish I had fucking sound. Dude, if I could have uh, the fucking air horn, the, 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 I'd do it till my ears bled. Did you make an air horn? That's what yeah. you want? Yeah, exactly. Just to hide, just so I don't have to do any of these awkward intros. And let's end this awkward intro and introduce our guest today, Mr. Gordon Bakerbone. How you doing, Gordon? Hey, what up, y'all? How y'all doing? Hey, 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 Andy. Andy, what? was just your birthday too, right? No, no, my birthday's in March. Oh damn! Then I'm fucked up. Everything seems, everything's just all mashed together. I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. <laughs> Wait, why'd you no, think it was happy my belated. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you got a whole handle down there? Oh, yeah, bro. You dealing with... Oh, Yo, I, hear nice. judgment. I hear the judgment in your voice, Andy. You got a whole yeah, handle man. down there. <laughs> I was just making sure everything's good. No, don't get me wrong. I was thinking about getting... I was thinking about getting a fucking... Uh, some more beer today. I opted to Wendy's. That's how I'm dealing with it right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> We have so, two totally different priorities in life. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes I use beer to push down the stress. Sometimes I use cheeseburgers. It, it just depends on the day of the week, Gordon. <laughs> that is so crazy. Like, oh, man. And I, I've been going through, like, a, a handle every two weeks, which is not bad. I yeah, thought I was going to be, like, bad. real bad. Yeah. I thought I was going to be real bad going through this quarantine, but it's not too... It's not too bad. Like, I just take up different hobbies now and do wild shit. What you been doing? What's your new hobbies? Uh, being like an Instagram whore, just liking a whole <laughs> bunch of big asses out there. Um, that was my day to day before this. Nah, it's, it's, got, it's gotten worse. I was going to say, you've been <laughs> doing that, but you like ramped it up exponentially. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's got me disturbed. Uh, <laughs> it, it don't matter no more because Instagram don't show anybody. Like no one knows now. You can just do it if somebody else sees us because they was looking at the same ass. That's that's oh. it, bro. Uh, that uh, I've been cooking for myself a lot more. I stopped eating out. That's like that was killing me. I was eating out way too much during this uh, quarantine bullshit. Ordering mad dumb food for no reason. Like I had five guys like three times in a week. And I was like, that's way too much five guys, bro. Oh, yeah, that's way that's that's high pre-quarantine numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's high when you're moving. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you were making like you were getting into like ramen and shit. You're really going oh, yeah, all bro. out. I I've been trying to do more ramen. I like it. I like ramen. And uh I've been doing like the high-end uh ramen, instant noodles and whatnot. Like I'm not doing them from scratch. But I get the uh, fancier packets, not that like three for a dollar bullshit. Getting like the, <laughs> <laughs> I get I get the three for five dollar bullshit better. Oh, it's so you treat yourself? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Fucking ramen's good, bro. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not hating on ramen. We just had uh, we just had pho last week. So yeah, dude, noodles are the shit. Noodles of the shit. Yeah. Yo, Gordon, I wanted to, I don't know if I ever told you this. It's been, I was like, well, we're doing a podcast with Gordon. I got to tell him this story that I don't think you'll know, but it's from when I first started comedy and I first met you. Oh, you're telling him? Is this the. Oh, it's hilarious. It's very. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) I think you'll. You know, you won't know. It's going to all be, it's going to all be on my side because, like, I was just starting comedy. But you were, like, the first real comic I met and knew that I was like, yo, this dude is dope. I think he's funny as shit, right? And I don't think I don't know if you remember this, but we met in Retton, and you were you were like complimentary and being cool and shit. You was like, "Yo, come out, come out to Jersey sometime, and like I'll introduce you to some of the comics." Blah blah blah. Wait, was it that bowling alley joint? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, I do remember with, that. You came down with uh, Jenkins, and I forget who else. Yeah. Um, uh, but y'all two came down, and we was just you know talking. You was like, "Come up," and I had been doing comedy for like a month at the time, right? So. Yeah. Like you said that, and I was like, "All right, this is it." I'm about you to might as it. well have been rock to him. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, real shit, nigga. <laughs> 
So you was like, you was like, you was like, you was like, come up to stress. You was like, come up to stress. Uh, you know, I I'll introduce you to some people, blah, blah blah. So I'm hearing that. I'm just like, yo, I'm out there. I'm about to meet everybody. I'm about to be with the moves and the shakers. I rented a car. Like I rented a car. I had a car. My car was old. I I didn't know no better. I was a month in. I just heard it and I was like, I gotta get out there. I'm not gonna make it in my in my <laughs> joint I was driving at the time. <laughs> so I rented a car and then and then oh, the, man. I rented the car first thing in the morning, right? And then I hit you up like uh, like asking you something about uh whatever we I don't remember because what I thought it was. I don't know if I knew stress was a mic or what at the time, but I asked you something. Yeah. And that same day, like early that morning, you got booked on a gig in North Carolina and you took you, oh. to, you took a train to North Carolina. So oh, I was yeah. going, hey, yeah, I'm about to go out there with the movers and the shakers. And then he was like, nigga, I'm not even here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my shit. Oh shit. I do remember that. I remember that shit. It's like that I think that next day, that morning, I had a I had this dope ass college agent and like she she's working for like Coca-Cola now, but she was young and hungry. And like she hit me up, she was like, she hit me up like six o'clock in the morning. She was like, "You want to do a mini college tour?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And <laughs> she she was like, got me a plane ticket and then like train tickets to get for like multiple shows and shit. And I remember everybody was like, "You coming through?" And I was like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> you, you got me on one of them shows before, and I think it was in Penn State Burks or something like that. You know, oh yeah. For you or yeah. Oh yeah, we was out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that was just my first like comedy disappointment. It was like, damn. <laughs> Dude, we had I remember and we we've laughed about this shit multiple times. Just the story. Oh yeah. I cause I remember you told me that story like two or three times, and every time there was a span of time that I forgot about the story. <laughs> so like every time it was new to me. The part that's funny to me is that I rented that car because I didn't like I didn't I was renting a car to go to a mic. Essentially, I just, yeah, that's wild. Good thing I know. So fucking wild. <laughs> and also, too, wouldn't that from your place, stress would have been like two, two and a half hours, right? That was also the furthest I had ever driven at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, ever? it was my longest trip ever. <laughs> <laughs> you started telling your mom, "You're like, hey, if I don't see you again, I love your mom." <laughs> oh my god, you that was getting- Nate's big adventure. Nate's big adventures yep. in a big city. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's wild as fuck. How'd you do? How how'd you do at those uh, colleges? Did you have to like? Is that something you had to like pull back um, on for? Nah, like unless they specify not to say certain things, like because like some like back then, their big thing was like just don't curse. They, you could talk about political shit. You could say whatever the fuck you want about who, whomever. Uh, but it was just like, don't curse too much. And the the only time they like with NACA and like this goes for anybody that's booking like college shit. I'll, it might be different now. Maybe the kids are different. But like when when I was going with NACA, their whole thing was uh, don't do any, only do self deprivating comedy. Make fun of yourself. Don't have any observation by something about something that you're not. Cause if you do that, you're going to offend a lot of the college kids. So they was like, from all my agents told me, she was like, Hey, it's a lot of, um, gay kids, uh, heavy set girls, uh, and awkward kids out there. So if you got any jokes about though, like those three demographics stay away from. Them. And she was a hundred percent right. And it got me gigs. You make fun of yourself and everybody like, that's the one thing, like all those awkward kids in college is they all still racist. So if you make fun <laughs> of uh yourself or anything oddly racial, that's the one thing that always gets me upset about uh comics with like a dummy and shit. Like they say the most blatant racist shit in my opinion, and everyone's like, the dummy said it, so we all could laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and, usually, and usually it's a comic that's not even that great at uh being a ventriloquist, so his mouth's still moving. <laughs> that's a good point you should just you should just set like set up a joke where you're like back in high school when i was a fat woman uh, (laughs) (laughs) this happened when i was a fat gay woman back in high school everybody like yeah 
<laughs> I used to be so awkward, fat, and gay, and female. <laughs> we got to get him this fall. This guy is good. He knows us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing about it, too. Like, all these kids that book most of this knack and shit is the, is the kids that... Uh, <laughs> It's the kids that don't even like most of the time the show's not for them because like most of the kids with nothing to do high as hell or drunk as hell looking for something to do at night they're the ones that come to the show so you could just do your regular act because they're just a bunch of regular ass kids coming to this shit they don't so, be watching you trying to check if you're you know like even if you had a good set but you said the things that they didn't want you to say or you, you never had that happen I'm saying, I guess. No, like I've said, I've said some shit like from uh, that offended the people that booked me. And they was like, we didn't expect that. But then like the whole baseball team of like white frat kids, like you are the best. (laughs) 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 If the school doesn't bring you bad, Omega Psi is going to bring you like, all right, cool, bro. I'm in there. (laughs) So that's the way you got to do it. You got to get it in there and just make whoever laugh. Would would it be a thing where like the actual like the organizers like sitting in the back like you make sure you say the right thing or would sometimes. like work? Oh, uh, okay. Sometimes the organizers there in the back, and sometimes they just like here's the check. I'm I'm going back to my uh, free apartment on campus. So bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I'll. If you are uh, a college booker and you living on campus, like if that's your first job, you can stack so much money because all you got to do is just waste money. Yeah. You just have to burn their budget. So like most of the time they don't give two L's. They're just like, did we, did I clear the budget? Am I still going to get paid? Do I still not have to pay rent? Bet. Like the coolest uh, booker like for a college gig was at High Point in North Carolina. Like high, like if y'all ever get a chance, look at High Point University in North Carolina. Might be in one of the dopest campuses I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Like their dorms look like condos. Damn, like you're eighteen. Private school is a regular state school. I think it's a private school, but it's like a D one private school. Mm. That like it's in a backwoods of nowhere, but it's a dope ass school, bro. And when, like I think that was, yeah, that was the weekend I, w- I went down. That was the school I went to down in North Carolina. Like oh, when, when, yeah, when I was on a train. Yeah, oh, that's the reason Hobbit. I didn't make it yet. <laughs> that, <that's true. laughs> but but well, yeah. I, I, um oh, so you were saying your agent, your college agent, she just started working for Coca Cola. Is that just kind of when that happened? It just you just got to be like, damn, there's the gig. Um, yeah, because like you. Like, my whole theory has been, like, you got to get an agent that's just as hungry as you. They don't give a fuck where they send you. They just know that you can, like, get money. And yeah. they see if they they see you as a moneymaker, and they'll, they'll send you out on everything. So you got to get somebody that's young and hungry. That's, like, I tell anybody that. Get somebody that's new and want to make a name for themselves because if they like you, they're going to put you on everything or try to get your name out there on everything because that's their bread. Yeah, how did you? Uh, how did you? You were just out, you were just doing sets, and she saw you and was like, you know. Nah, nah. One of my boys, uh, he uh, got booked on his agency, and I was just asked him. I was like, "Yo, who's your agent?" And he just gave me her email. I sent out my tapes and whatnot to her, and she said that she liked it. And she was like, "We're gonna try you out." Like she didn't sign me or anything. We had like a thirty-minute phone conversation. She was like, uh, "I'm kind of gonna rep you." You like, I could submit under her name, but I'm not rep by her. And like when I got picked for stuff, then she was like, "All right, now I'm gonna rep you." So once she saw it was worth it to rep you, she yep. wanted to rep you. Uh, all right, all right. Like most people don't like most people don't get it. Like uh, I tell people this all the time. Like you can't wait around for people. Like because if you wait for somebody to come down, like old school uh, basketball coaches, like, "Hey, kid, I saw you out there." It's no scouts and comedy, nigga. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> I like that call back you did, kid. It don't work like that. You just you gotta you gotta promote yourself, and if they see you as a viable option, then they'll like then they'll hop on. But other than that, it's all on you. I wish more people realized that. Like, stop waiting for people to vouch for them. You got to do it for yourself. Well, yeah. so to go to to piggyback on that, like, how how long have you been doing it for? Um. Mm. 
I think like 12 years now. Yeah, 12. Okay, so I'm curious when you started, is that like a is that like a thing you notice right away or is it a thing over time you're like, "Oh, I got to adjust the way I think about this." Uh I I learned that uh around like my the beginning of like my fifth going into like my sixth year cuz I think that's when I started getting like a like other stuff. Like gotcha. bigger stuff and like like hitting up bookers myself and like because I would just sit around and wait for people to call me and just like, all right, because this is what everyone does. You wait for the one dude that books you all the time to call you back. And then from there, I can build a tip. Like after a while, like I lost a lot of like relationships with like a lot of bookers because uh, I used to have that mentality of like when you call me, like I was accessible to only them. And then when I decided it was like, all right, I got to go do this on my own. I'm gonna, I got to go to the city more often. I got to start hitting up these college agents. I got to hit up these regular managers in the city. Like once I started doing that, like people were just like, oh, uh, they used to call me. Well, they still do. They call me uh, Flaker Bone because like <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck. Like <laughs> if, if somebody called me with more money, like I, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I get you want me to come down to the Chuckle Hut for fifty bucks and like two free drinks, but this college needs me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that re- yeah, dude. That I remember being on the other end of that when we were me and some friends were booking shows in Lancaster, and we had yeah. we had this like uh, it was we had fucking Mike Lawrence lined up, and then yeah. <laughs> Mike Lawrence uh, like started popping off because all the roast stuff. And he was like, yeah, I got to I gotta back out of the show because of, you know, real money and shit. <laughs> and I remember I remember one of the dudes I was doing with was, like, mad about it. I was like, no, nah, I get it. Like, don't, <laughs> don't drive two hours for $500. Go make real money and get health insurance. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here. Yo, like, there's so many people that get mad about that and, like, like, and I I can only can speak for myself. Like, I'm not doing it to be malicious. Like, I hit people up early. I get ban- I got banned from multiple clubs because of that. Because, like, somebody was, like, come down and feature uh, for one night for 100 bucks. And then, like, somebody goes, hey, would you like to open for Paul Mooney? I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and people get, they get livid. They're like, I can't believe you. You wouldn't open for Paul Mooney. We had at least 40 people here. I'm like. That's pretty <laughs> dope, I guess. We had a 40 people here. You wouldn't perform it for the 40 people that are going to forget you by the time they exit the door? You want to go open for a legend, you piece of shit? <laughs> wow. Yeah, you I've know. never seen Moody live. Is it dope? I feel like it has to oh, be crazy. Bro, I've seen... Uh, I worked with Paul Mooney twice, and I've seen him live three times. So, uh, my favorite time, uh, they tried to build this new comedy club in Jersey. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like trying to be the opposition to Stress Factory. So, uh, it's this gorgeous ass room, huge ass room, had a balcony and shit. Paul Moody's coming to town. Where was it? Uh, Sarahville, New Jersey. Okay. I, I can't remember the name of the spot, but. It closed down, but it was a nice-ass room for comedy. So uh, Paul Mooney comes through, and the booker of the show sees me, and he goes, hey, Gordon, you want to do some time? And I was like, I just came to do the show. Like, I came to just see the show. And he was like, hey, you could open up for Paul Mooney. I'm like, all right, bet. So I go up, and I do 10 minutes, and then they let somebody else go up, and they do another 10 minutes. And I'm in the back, and Paul Mooney was like showed up right exactly at the time that he's supposed to take the stage, but it was like one of these black bookers who had who kept throwing acts in front of him. So when he got there at like like eight forty five, that was when he was supposed to get on stage, and like none of the real features that he paid already were there yet. So I mean, didn't get to perform yet. So Paul was like, I don't give a fuck about these features. Those other dudes went up already. I'm getting on at eight forty five, and I'm dipping. So he went up there, did a set. He made fun of like this white couple that was there. The dude got so mad that uh, he was leaving. Like Paul Mooney walked at least about thirty people. <laughs> his jokes. How many of them were it, white? 
Uh, all of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling. <laughs> so, so as they were leaving, uh, <laughs> dude got so mad at Paul Mooney. Oh, Paul Mooney did the joke. Uh, white people uh, call black people monkeys. But if you look at a monkey, they resemble white people more. And everybody was like, we don't like this shit. And then they, <laughs> and then they, they there was like a little grumble. And he just broke down why white people look like monkeys to him. And it got tense in the room. And I'm like <laughs> howling, laughing. And this dude got mad. He was like, I ain't no monkey. And he was like, okay. He was like, I bet you, you called yourself a monkey's uncle. And his wife just like picks the dude up. And he's like mad. He's living. He's, he's like, fuck you, Paul Mooney. Go to hell. And as he's walking out, he mo- like he pulled, like he undoes his pants. He's a heavy set guy. And he undoes his pants. We're like, what are you doing? And he moons Paul Mooney, and he couldn't get his pants back up. uh, (laughs) That was like one of my favorites. And the second time I worked with Paul Mooney, it was at Levity Live. Um, It was right when the Boston bombing happened. And it was me hosting Monroe Martin featuring and Paul Mooney. So it was an all-black lineup. Uh, it was the first night. The Boston bombing happened. And, like, we're all, like, me and Monroe are in a green room. And we're just, like, just watching the news. And Paul Mooney comes in. And this is, like, this one recliner in there. He sits in it. And he's, like, talking to us. And he's, like, how long y'all been doing comedy? We're, like, oh, we just starting. I'm hosting. He's featuring. He's, like, all right, cool. He's really not paying attention. And, like, he goes, uh, y'all see this shit on TV? And we're, like, yeah. It was like, it's crazy how they promoting this, this white kid saying they got his girlfriend up there saying he fuck good. It's like, <laughs> we just, me and Monroe are laughing because we think we're having a casual conversation with Paul Mooney. And then he goes on stage in front of a predominantly white crowd and he does this Boston bombing joke uh, in front of this predominantly white crowd. And <laughs> it goes good with the 20% of minorities in the room, but the other 80 was pissed off. Because it was like a, it was a police fundraiser that same night too, and he realizes it, and he starts, he starts leaning into the cops, and he goes, "Hey, if you ever see, uh, if you ever see a car, an empty car on the side of the highway, that means the cops grabbed them up and went and fucked them in the woods, because that's all they do. Cops just be fucking people." <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, this whole room is going insane. Like, I can't believe it. And it's a police fundraiser. Yeah. So they're like, they're trying to fight Paul Mooney. They're trying, <laughs> like, they literally want to fight this old black man. And like, they're like, I want my money back. He had to walk at least about 200 people in this place. They all like walked out. Yeah. And then like the 100 people that was left, he sold merchandise to, which was the coldest shit I've ever seen in my life. He just, just- walked like... <laughs> Almost fifty percent, like sixty percent of the room, and he he's selling merchandise, and his merchandise is he had the club go buy white Hanes T-shirts, and he just had a, a sharpie marker, <laughs> and he would just sign Paul Mooney on a white Hanes T-shirt and take a picture <laughs> with you for fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best merch turnaround <laughs> <laughs> for fifty bucks. Yeah, bro. Who does he think he is, a- Kanye? <laughs> <laughs> God, they were gilding Paul Mooney. <laughs> oh yeah, Kanye ripped off Paul Mooney. God damn it! Yo, that's funny that that Booker was like, "Yo, I'm gonna book a cop fundraiser. Who should I get for it?" Paul Mooney. This is gonna go. This is gonna go well. <laughs> Nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> they fucking, they fucking did that, and like people were, people were coming to. To fight like a seventy-year-old black dude, I'm like who? What? What are you gonna do? You punch him in the face as a cop? That's just a hate crime, bro. Yeah, like now you kill <laughs> Paul Mooney. Like how do you? How do you <laughs> what do you expect to get promoted? Like the sergeant general who also killed Paul Mooney in a hate crime? Yep. Like it's over. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Paul Mooney's like one of my favorite people to, like that I've ever like seen live and worked with. That shit is that shit was crazy. Bananas crazy. <laughs> like who's like y'all's favorite person that y'all ever worked with? Uh, uh I got to open for 
<laughs> I got to open for Nick DiPaolo, so that's like my Paul Mooney. Uh, <laughs> 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 Not exactly. I was just going for the joke. Uh, <laughs> you said it right at first. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was cool opening up for uh, – Oh, I, I, I do respect the fuck out of Nick DiPaolo, but um, that was, that was cool as shit, opening up for Nick DiPaolo, you know, like, growing up, watching, like, tough... I was telling Nate about it. It was just weird, because I remember... Like, I, I don't know. I was, I was just trying not to look like an idiot, so I wasn't really saying much. And then at one point, yeah. we're doing, like... Like, we're having small talk about fucking traffic or something, and I'm, like, sitting there, I'm like, I watch you on Tough Crowd, dude. Like, <laughs> dumb shit like that. But yeah, that ended up being fun. It was uh, wasn't anything too crazy on that one. I know. Um, I I was getting a complex because when uh when I lived back in Bethlehem, they had me open for, <laughs> like I said before, I opened for Mike Lawrence, Dan Saint Germain, and uh, Sean Donnelly. So I started to get a complex Ooh. where I was like, once they. Like all the all the like chubby bearded dudes, they're they're throwing <laughs> <laughs> they're throwing me them their way. Um, I see a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like the biggest the two biggest people I open for probably I don't know if I don't got like a favorite person I've ever opened for because I haven't had repeat like like if it was this person I haven't seen them again we haven't been booked on something again but I I one of my like worst comedy memories happened when I was opening for Jermaine Fowler. This okay. was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yo, because this is when I was like realized that people don't respect this shit at all if you don't do it. It was uh, so it was who was it? It was me. I was like guest spotting. This is another early story. I was guest spotting. Um, EF Finance was hosting. Uh, who was featuring? Uh, Anthony Devito, and uh, oh, shit. and Fowler was Fowler was headliner. And this was like at um when uh, Gaco was was at its like peak. So yeah. he, he, no, I went up bombed. Uh, well, Ia went up bombed. I went up bombed, and then Anthony killed, and then so did Jermaine. And afterwards, it was like you know Jermaine's over there. He's talking. Everybody's like enjoying. They're, they're you know just doing the thing they do, talking, telling him how funny he was, surrounded him, all of that. And then yeah. me, Ian, and Anthony are on the other side, just like maybe like twenty feet away, just talking, watching them all surround him. And uh, this lady looks over and sees us, and we're we're standing like lined up, like I'm. Like, it's me, then it's Ian, then it's DeVito. So he's, like, the furthest one from the group. This lady sees us, walks over, like, walks past me, walks past Ian, sticks out her hand to shake Anthony's hand and goes, you were great. And then just walks past and eyes me and Ian down as she's leaving. Just, like, Damn. we all wasted our time. <laughs> but uh, but he was cool. Where was this? This was at a, a place called Arts Quest, the same place that Andy was talking about being at. Okay. Um, just uh, somewhere in Bethlehem, and um, damn, play. that's rough. Yeah. Shit, that's rough. shit, rough. You deserve that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was the bad set. She was right. <laughs> um, Gordon, there was um, I remember hearing you telling me a story one time where, <laughs> dude, in like middle of the country, li- like found your album, and like booked you on a show, and it was like oh, sketchy yeah. as hell. Yeah. What, um, what was that whole? What had happened with that whole thing? Because I, I think okay. when I was talking to you, you hadn't done it yet, <laughs> and you were like yeah. pretty afraid. <laughs> oh, uh, is that the wait? Was that recently or like years ago? I could I couldn't remember. I thought maybe it was years ago. Uh, if it was years ago. Uh, that happened most of my. If it, it all right, because they heard my album. Oh yeah. Uh, like, a couple things happened since, like, I did the album. Like, some dude hit me up. And, well, it didn't even hit me up. He just goes online and... Oh, wait, before see, you get into listen, that, what's the name of your album? Throw it out there. Uh, it's uh, Nobody, Just Me. Uh, it's on all streaming platforms. If you should just type in Gordon Baker Bone, if you got an Alexa, if you got uh, Hey Google, all you got to do is say, Hey Google, play... Uh, uh, Nobody Just Made by Gordon Baker Bone. That shit will pop up. Uh, listen to it on Tidal. They pay the most. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jay-Z give out that good money. Um, <laughs> uh, so, like, people would listen to the album, which I was very happy about. And uh, apparently I missed out on, like, three big gigs because uh, I found out, like, my stepbrother from my dad I never met 
uh, has my same name. And, well, not Gordon Baker, Bone. It's just like Gordon Baker. So the dude saw Gordon Baker and he tried to book like uh, my stepbrother. And he was just like, I'm not a comic and would just hang up the phone. Like, nigga, like, <laughs> like pass off. <laughs> fucking send it my way. So I like, I lost three gigs that like that. And then like, yeah, I'm so like mad. Maybe, maybe so hit mad. up that your stepbrother who does comedy um, <laughs> with that name. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Is that why you guys don't talk? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then uh, then uh, after that, like, after the album also came out, I got booked all the way down in uh, Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama. No, Tuscaloosa. And I was just, I was just nervous as fuck about going down there. Yeah, Tusc- man. They was would- like, yeah, come down for a one-nighter. I'm like, that sounds like murder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was after your album came out? Like this, yeah. They were like, "Come down." <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah, like, come down for a one nighter. Fly into Atlanta, take a train or a, a like a like. There's a shuttle service that goes from Atlanta to like three different stops in Alabama, which is like dumb cheap. If it was in New York. This would be like a billion dollars, but like going down there, you can get a flight down to Alabama for like twenty bucks. Did y'all know that? No. Wait, is that like because <laughs> no. nobody now that or in general? Nah, nah. Before this whole quarantine should even happen, like, because uh, I was nervous about going down to like Tuscaloosa by myself because you know black. Uh, so were there any black? Was it out. black? It wasn't no black. Wait a minute, show, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what type of show it was. Uh, oh, you ain't go? So, nah, because something else came up. But like on some real shit, like that shit was nervous as fuck because this nigga hit me up out of nowhere. I was like, all right, I'm gonna come down. So I bought the plane ticket. I thought the plane ticket was gonna cost me an ass load. Like, but like every time I was telling people that I was going to go down to Alabama, they were just giving me travel advice. That's a dope thing about being a comic too. If you let people know that you're a comic and you're a traveling comic, people that travel will give you the best travel advice. Uh, buy one-way tickets. Don't buy a round trip because they'll kick up the price on you. Buy a one-way each way. So, mm-hmm. like, if you fly in, if you're going down to Tuscaloosa and you're flying into Atlanta, buy a one-way ticket going into Atlanta, and then your return flight, buy a one-way ticket from Atlanta back to where you ever came from, and it's dumb cheaper. Because, like, the round trip would have cost me 200 but because I bought two separate uh, one-ways, only cost me, like, 60 bucks Total? Yeah. Shit. Yo, it's, du- like, I remember I flew to Indiana from Trenton Airport for 13 bucks <laughs> on, uh, damn, what, what's that? What's that shitty, at? oh, uh, Frontier. Frontier. Yeah, oh, Frontier. Frontier got dumbass deals. If you ever need to fly for the for grossly cheap prices, and you don't mind flying out of Trenton or Newark, New Jersey, you could get like <laughs> you can get a flight for fifteen bucks. Swear to God, that's crazy I'm, to think about. Because <laughs> like flying just seems like a whole to do. It seems like you should get permission. <laughs> it seems like you should get permission from like a higher government agent. <laughs> to be allowed to do that it's just like nah you just gotta you just gotta fucking 15 bucks yo i i was so scared because i was like i remember when i took the uber to the airport i was like my uber is more than my flight (laughs) your uber driver was also your pilot (laughs) <laughs> he just parked he didn't drop you off he was like no nah, we get out here we gonna walk the rest of the way he's just like yo what gate you at oh that's my plane <laughs> oh oh that's why i'm flying too all right let me park real quick we can walk in together that's funny like, I, remember I, was, I was tweeting on that flight i was like because like i didn't get to see the pilot because the pilot boarded last so we were sitting there well yeah you had to park like, his car after he dropped you off <laughs> So I'm sitting there because I'm flying out to Indiana and it's cost me all 30 bucks for a round trip and I'm scared as fuck. And like, I just remember tweeting, I was like, yo, if they, if they walk, if the flight attendant walks a chimpanzee in an aviator jacket to the cockpit, yeah, I, yeah. This is our pilot, Bubbles. 
<laughs> oh shit! This is a test. That's fucking crazy. Oh, did, dude. How did you um with doing the album? How did you uh? Was that a thing you were approached with? Nah. Uh, I again, I decided I was going to do an album. Uh, cause I, I, I grew tired of a lot of that material and like, I don't know, everybody got their favorite jokes and like, uh, inside baseball, like with comedy after a while, I know all comics, we get tired of like our favorite jokes and like, we want to write something new and the best way to get something new out there and like funnier out there is to trash the whole thing, burn the house down, burn that bridge with that material. Yeah, uh, so like I'm doing all, most of that. I stopped doing a lot of it, like yeah. a huge chunk of it. And like the new album I'm excited for. But um, the, to get back to it, the reason I even did the album is because like, uh, I was like, all right, I want to get rid of this material. Uh, I was dating this chick at the time and a lot of the material came from like dating her. And I was like, ah, I'm done with this. So yeah. I just was like, all right, here's the last hurrah. And uh, I recorded it myself. I got, album was done? I did that like- at 10th Street where I ran my open mic and my shows at. I hired my own sound people. Uh, I was supposed to have a. Say again. Uh, that you must. It must be delayed. I said that like a minute, like half a minute ago. Uh, what was I? I don't even remember what I said. I said it so long ago. Oh damn! All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your face was frozen for a good yeah, thirty I seconds. Can hear you, but yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't remember what I. It looked oh, like I you. Were, I don't. I remember what I was gonna say. I was gonna ask you when you was cutting that material, like the girlfriend material. Was that um, like you was already done with the with the girl, so you was like, this material's dead. Like I can't even work. Like this can't change now. She's done. We're already yeah. Done. Like yeah. Uh, I was done. With, yeah, we broke up, and I was done with the material. I was done with her, and like I was, just, I, like I caught myself doing it at a weekend, and I was just like, I don't like this no more. I want to talk yeah. about something else, and like I'm I'm huge on challenging myself because like. I'm my I'm my biggest critic. I'm my biggest competition. Also, like I like a piece of me dies every time I go out there and I don't like I do a whole set and I don't try something new, yeah. or if I don't riff, or if I like. And that's the worst about being like a comic when you out there and it feels like work, like you feel like you're you're clocking in with the same fifteen or thirty minutes or forty five or hour. You just like you going through the motion. Like it's it's grueling. Yeah, well you so. Can't just- Thinking more than you're actually in the moment. Like you, you ever, I know you do the thing where you say in the jokes because you know them so well. You, you can do them, but you're you can have a whole conversation in your head, like you know why you're doing it, and that's when it's just like I I don't even remember doing that set basically. Like I went up, it went it went how it went, but bro, yeah, I, I've I've zoned out during like sets where it, it just went into autopilot. It's just like being in the shower. It's yeah. just like all right. Uh, balls, uh, face, uh, ass. Yeah, that's the order I go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Yo, I don't yeah. think you balls before face, though, my nigga. You got- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that order was almost perfect. <laughs> my order is more balls, face, balls, ass, balls, balls, balls. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but no man we all I have agree. our we all have our process uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. but yeah like I, the album came up because like i wanted to get rid of the material i wanted to challenge myself uh luckily i had like friends that uh i knew i could like turn to for uh audio uh a place uh to record and like it was supposed to be video, but my video fell through. So I'm so happy. I'm I'm more happy that I understood uh, how to record my own album more than anything else. Like I honestly wouldn't have uh, shopped it around to people if it wasn't uh, if I if I knew how to get it up on uh, Amazon and all the platforms myself. I'd have put my album out myself, but. I I put it out through Comedy Dynamic, who was really dope to work with. Uh, but my next one is all on me. I'm gonna do everything myself. Yeah, on your own publishing, all that good shit. Hell yeah, hell yeah. All it takes is a little bit of research, man. And like again, like stop, like a lot of I wish a lot of comics would just like 
and just people in general stop waiting for somebody to uh give you a leg up or come get you to do something it's all on you bro yeah you just gonna let time pass hell yeah old nigga with nothing to happen to you because because i don't know i think we got this uh, we got such a worker's mentality from our parents and shit like all our parents probably talk about getting a raise or getting a bonus. Like, what's a raise in comedy? It's because, like, I don't, I don't really see a raise because, like, if you get passed at a club, it's not because somebody uh, – well, if you get passed at a club, that's on you. You might get a recommendation, but you have to, like, let your friend know, like, hey, man, I'm trying to get in here or, like, shit like that. But other than that, if closed mouths don't get fed, so – that's the mentality I run with. And that's that kind of the reason why I did my album the way I did. And kind of the reason I'm going to do my second album the way I'm going to do it now. Um, when you trying to really like, you got a time limit for, I guess this thing changed all the time frames, everything. Oh, man. it fucked everything up. <laughs> I was hoping, I was hoping by now I will be uh, practicing to record my album by now. Yeah. But uh, it pushed everything back. So, uh I just want to get back out there and uh, I want to do the second album as soon as possible. Cause like, since it's quarantine, like the dope thing about this quarantine is like people who listen to my first album and people are asking like, Hey, do you have a second one? And I was just like, well, I was supposed to have it out by now, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, at least so you yeah. already got an audience that's waiting for it though. At this yeah. point. Yo, did you yeah. say you did the, so you did the audio yourself as in mm-hmm. you got, you got a guy or you actually did it. Uh, I did stage crew. Uh, I did a uh, film. So I knew most of the equipment that I wanted and how I wanted the sound. But I, I got a guy because like you can't be both places. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I got a guy who understood, understood what I wanted. So uh, talking with him, we we sat down. Before the recording, we figured out where we wanted the microphones and how we wanted the sound. Uh, the the way my album sounds, it it picks up. Uh, if you remember Tim Street, it picks up the back of the bar. Like a lot of people, uh, go that room sounds huge. It's because like I wanted it to feel like Tim Street. Like with people that have been at Tim Street, like if they hear it, they can envision the room. So. Yeah. Uh, we sat down, like, that was my, my whole thing, uh, making sure that I had like my own personal touch on it. So how, how many, I'm sorry, I'm just really curious about the technical aspect of it. Cause I, I always, my brain always goes to the like DIY way, do it yourself. But whenever it comes yeah. to like recording comedy, I always get like lost in how they do it. Like how many microphones is that to like, uh, did they actually like, or what was like the setup to record that? Uh, we had uh, we had my mic. Uh, we had the going into the soundboard. We had table mics. We had floor mics, and then we had overhead microphones too. So we had I think we had two or three on the ceiling, uh, two on tables, and one at the back of the room. So it was oh, spaced okay. out. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't real because yeah, that was um, trying to think about recording stuff on my own. That was the part that was really. Uh get me fucked up yo if you know somebody that knows sound and you that knows how to work a master board or like a, a mixer you you can make your own album off rip like it's not that hard like i i've done film work i i minored in film in college i i still do film shit here and there like i always envision myself being a director but uh like I still still might be, but uh, I I like that side more than anything else. Like I started with stage crew in high school, and then that led to like TV production, from TV production to filmmaking, and from filmmaking and learning audio, and then like me flying my own drones and making my own B roll and stuff like that. So uh, I learned it and like I I utilized it. It took a while because like. When you're young, you don't know uh, that you have all these talent. And you, again, waiting for people to tell you, like, oh, you're good enough. And you're just like, nah, just go do it. Yeah. How fun is flying a drone? <laughs> oh, it's the, oh, it's the sickest shit in the world, my nigga. I, don't, I, want, I, don't, I want a drone I don't think so bad. Knows. <laughs> oh, bro. 
you know, uh, this is, I, I got my, this is my, one, two, this is my third drone I'm getting. I just ordered a drone two days ago. You sound like the military. Yeah, I got <laughs> bro, I, you're getting a quarantine I sold drone. one of my drones to another comedian of mine. Oh, bro, I can't wait. If they, <laughs> yo, I just want to, like, I got so mad because I didn't, I didn't have, like, my other drone with me. Uh, but, like, because I was quarantined, but I'm getting this one shipped directly to me. And I'm super excited to, like, do more footage and whatnot. Drone, though, drone footage is so dope. As long as you're not a creep and you out there in the sh- like just having fun with it, because there's tons of creeps out there. I got I've been asked to to do wild shit. Like people hit me up that like what? know I do drone shit. Yeah, I'm not gonna say the comic. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the comic, but I had a comic hit me up and go, "Hey, uh, can you can you talk about drones with me?" And I go, "Yeah." So they they call me up and they were like, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting a drone." I was like, "Okay." They was like, would you be interested in like doing like footage for me? And I was like, sure. What do you need footage of? It was like, all right, cool. Can your drone see in Windows? And I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dude. There was too much setup on that. It yeah. was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I so go, you could you uh, film my wife and then fuck her for me? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So they were like, so they, they realized I was kind of like, like, what are you talking about? It was like, all right, can you recommend like a small drone that I could just start with? And I go, okay. <laughs> so I gave them the info for that drone. They were like, oh, that's kind of pricey. And I go, yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I just literally go like, what are you trying to get footage of? And they're like, oh, I'm trying to help a friend. When like, like it clearly was a lie. Like, yeah. I think they think they spouse was cheating and they wanted to try to see if they could catch him. Damn. That shit, yeah. also, that shit also amazes me because it's like, if you're trying, you're clearly trying to, you're clearly up to something. So why would you go oh, to, yeah. why would you make Gordon an accomplice? <laughs> like, fucking <laughs> Google it. now. <laughs> Yo, bro. Uh, again, I'm not going to say the comic's name, but like when I moved into my apartment, uh, somebody, uh, was like, hey, did you bring your drone with you? And I was like, yeah, because I'm moving in here. They were like, finally, we can see what those kids are doing back there. And I was like, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, people what you are just creeps, said, I feel man. like I want to, like I know who you. I, I almost feel like I know who you talk about, but I could be wrong. But I, <laughs> oh, bro, bro, bro. Yeah, drone. I'm, I'm telling you. Drones are definitely like in the wrong hands. Some risky technology. Yo, there's there's people that don't know what they're doing, and they 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 really think that if you have a drone, you can do all this espionage bullshit. And it's like, nah, you can't. Because like, they're also loud, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're loud, and the amount of t- <laughs> do you understand the work it would? There is nobody in the world that I would spend uh, that amount of time and effort with following a drone with. Do you understand how boring that would be? Yeah. Who gives a fuck? You also, <laughs> you also have to make like an $1,800 investment to find out if your wife's cheating on you. <laughs> <laughs> like if it's that serious, just leave. It's over anyway. Like just, <laughs> just steal her cell phone. <laughs> Why are you getting a fucking drone? <laughs> Bro, yeah, that's that's good advice. If you're holding two thousand dollars and you're wondering your wife is cheating, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, she definitely cheating. If you're like, I'm so sure that I gotta fuck. All you want to do at that point is just like feel okay to leave her or decide that you're sad and whatever. Then you just sad for no reason. That's the thing that gets me the most with people when I when I hear yeah. dudes get with that, just like overly emotional and sensitive and sad about the lady just like yo man live the rest of your life if he's cheating if you even think that then it's not going great you're wasting your time i guess if you got a family it's different you know you got kids and shit but bro when i got my first drone i got my first drone and i i like the same time like the same week i broke up with my girl is the same time i got my first drone i was doing research on drones for like months and like almost to a year before like I saved up enough money to buy my like my first drone because it was like dumb expensive. So 
uh, everybody was like, is that for your ex? I was like, why the fuck? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's when you the realize your line adds up, though. Like if you're, if you're, like I she broke up with me. I got a drone. Like the, I would have thought the same thing. Like, oh man, Gordon's taking this rough. He's <laughs> yo. When he I first got my drone, I just take, I just took pictures of me with my drone having the most fun. <laughs> it was the nerdiest thing I think I've ever done in my life. I was just out there, just flying drones and just impressed with the technology and the shit I could do. It shit, like yo. I, I highly suggest everybody get a drone. No, you know what? I no, I take that back. It's a bad world to live in, man. <laughs> Are you saying there should be background checks on drones? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Swear to God, yes. <laughs> I um yeah, dude, I want a drone, but I don't have enough like reason. I'd have to get a drone then figure out why I needed that drone afterwards. I'm just bro. <laughs> like what do I what do I do next? I dropped AZ hundred. What's the next move? That's, that's, a bad, that's, a bad well, that's the thing. Every time I bring up drones around my wife, she's always just like, why? And I'm like, fuck, I didn't know it was gonna get that far. <laughs> conversation. Steph <laughs> knows like, you're a little creepy. <laughs> she's like, what are you gonna do with it? I, I like drones because like I did TV reduction and I did like uh film work. So I know uh, how hard it is to get, like, transition shots and B-roll. So, like, once you get, like, B-roll and shit like that, like, it's the coolest B-roll you can get. Like, I did, I did drone work for a bunch of comedians that were, like, doing projects and whatnot. Like, I was actually about to do uh, B-roll for, like, drone work for, for Bonnie's film that she did. Bonnie mm-hmm. McFarley's film, but... They said they didn't need it. So, you know, that's a that's a funny point you were saying. Oh, you're like you're doing B roll work because, like, you are <laughs> you are kind of known as the guy who has a drone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so immediately, no, you're obviously known for various things. That's not the main yeah. thing. I don't want you. <laughs> it's also like Gordon Baker Bode, really funny comic. Also, he has a drone. And <laughs> And then, and then you're just like you're like filming a thing, and you're like, Gordon does have that drone. Maybe we yeah. do need like a crazy crane esque shot. Yeah, bro, hit me up. I'm all game for it, man. Like, cause, like, I'm such a lame. Like on the road, like I, I'll drink with you at night. I'll party with everybody. But like, when it comes down to it, uh, I, I I'm a big nerd. Like. If I got a casino gig, I don't gamble. I just I go find a cool place to fly my drone and like take take drone footage and whatnot. And then at night, I get fucking crazy and I drink drink way too much with like cool headliners and whatnot. That shit shit never gets old. That's like, I think that's my favorite part of con. That's the one thing I do miss is finding out who's a cool comic that I could party with. Oh. Yeah. Dude, that's my that's my favorite when because I'm I'm like I'm big into listening to podcasts and shit and kind of going off what you just said. Whenever I whenever I get to do shows with some of the dudes who I've heard on podcasts, and then like you hear them shit talking, you're like, oh, I get to know who hates yeah. who. <laughs> oh, bro, it's so dope. That shit's like, always that fun. is the cool. That's the coolest thing in the world when you got a road like you're on a road with somebody that's really fun and not too much into their own shit, and they just want to have a good time, and they know what it is, it's the dopest weekend in the world. It's, oh, God. Like, I uh, I drank with some, like, cool-ass comics who, like, would take me to the strip club afterwards and be like, oh, you ain't got to pay for nothing. I go, all right. They just give you a stack of money, and, like, they gave me a stack of money, and I, I got so drunk because they bought a whole bunch of bottles, too, uh, that I fell asleep in front of uh, the strippers and the bouncer was like, you can't sleep in front of the girls. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts their feelings. <laughs> I just pictured you grabbing like a hundred dollar bill. You're like, how about now? Before <laughs> 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 nap. You're like, they're like, uh, lap dances are a hundred. You're like, how much for naps? How much for pillows? You're like, I'd like you a want to gray- just take a nap? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like a gray goose and a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That oh that was the weirdest thing in the world because like he said it, he was like, "Yeah, you can't sleep in front of the girls." And you look over your, I looked over his shoulder, and you see the stripper like kind of standing there, mad, like Sonic waiting for you to come back to the game, tap her foot, <laughs> like, <laughs> like what are you doing with that? <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> It was like, ah, oh. oh, fuck. Are you a fan uh, of strip? No. You a fan of the strip clubs? Um, not a fan. I, I, I like seeing, I like seeing my friends' reactions to strip clubs. Like, cause I used to do the uh, uh, the Jersey brunch with a whole bunch of comics. Like every like, it started with. Uh, Wait, is that what homie. your brunch was? Yeah, I never knew that it was at strip clubs. I always heard you guys talk yeah. about it. I missed that part. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that was the thing about it. Like, we never said that it led to the strip club. We just said, yo, come to brunch. <laughs> that's all oh my, that's fucking hilarious. I never knew you guys did the strip club. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, there's a, there a strip club called 35XXXV. And uh, me and a bunch of comics, it started off with football. It was a, it was a pure thing that we're all going to meet up. We're going to watch football because we all do fantasy. So we're going to eat breakfast, we're going to drink, and watch football. Then football ended, and my homie Reggie Parker goes, yo, we should do something. And I go, all right, cool. What you willing to do? He was like, well, and this is the exact words. He was like, well, the strippy is free on Sundays. And I go, what? He goes, he was like, yeah, the strip club's free on Sundays. I was like, first off, they're open on Sundays this early? He was like, yep. It's like, all right. So we get to the strip club, and it was like, all right, all you guys got to do is buy soda, and you get in for free. I was like, okay. So we get in there. It's like, literally, it's the B squad. Yeah. It's whoever fell asleep in the back from Saturday night in there on Sunday still trying to make a little bit of extra change. So we're in there. We're still watching football. We're drinking because, like, the strip club in Jersey is BYOB. So we bought a whole bunch of booze. We come inside. We're drinking. We're watching football. And we just like we played kings in there. We 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 smoked hookah. Like we didn't even pay attention to like the strippers and shit. Like every now and then, like somebody would get like a lap dance. But other than that, we was just being there, just titties and shit everywhere. Just a whole bunch of comics just acting stupid, playing kings and just being dumb in the strip club or at brunch. It's fun. It was fun as fuck, bro. Damn. I wish y'all would have came. Yeah, that was before we got out here. Yeah, I didn't know that. Bro. <laughs> I would have absolutely been there. I definitely <laughs> I've said before, I love the strip club too much. It's uh I got to I got to pace it out <laughs> cuz I have too oh, much man. I have too much fun at the strip club and then I have no money. I work I've worked at strip clubs like doing like comedy shows and hosting shows and hosting events at comedy at uh strip clubs. So it's just like What's it, a comedy show like, out of like uh it's really weird because you know the dudes are aren't there for comedy they're there for titties so you just like i just took a whole angle of of just just make fun of the lame motherfucker that came to the uh to the strip club like some comics they make fun of the strippers all night i'm just like ah fuck all that i'm gonna make fun of the niggas that come in here and it turns out to be a good time it helps the girls make more tips too because like (laughs) If you make fun of the dude that came there that's sitting in the back acting like he don't want to see titties and shit, if you make fun of him, he going to make it rain on some hoe. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get his pride back up. Like, yep. <laughs> I do got it. I do got it. <laughs> in case y'all Damn, thought I did. You, you bullied a dude into getting a boner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A lot of a lot of dudes don't realize this about strip clubs, and I wish more dudes would realize this. Like, if you really want to look like a baller when you go to a strip club, all you gotta do is throw like twenty six ones, twenty six or thirty six ones, and you look like you look like you're the richest man in the world. Just like that one, like just throw them all up. Yep, thirty six ones. Yeah. That's looks a good amount. Like, bro, it looks like a money storm. <laughs> <laughs> just, just my, looks my like barber a, back. 
my barber back up uh, in Renton before we moved out here, his move was to go to the strip club. And he would he would get a thousand ones, but he wouldn't spend it. But he would get a thousand ones, and when you do that, they would put it the strip club. He would go to they would put it in like a to go platter. And so the girls would see that was like the sign, like, oh, this nigga got a thousand ones. So they would see that to go platter and just come like rushing. And he'd get like 30 minutes of attention, like, oh, he's got all the bread. He's about to spend bread. He wouldn't spend it. And and that was just his move until they caught on. They was like, okay, it's been like three weeks. You've been coming in here getting this platter and spending a hundred dollars and leaving. But Fuck I was like, out of here. it's a good plan. What a buster, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, that was a solid plan. <laughs> nah, you gotta throw some change, man. Make it fun. Make that <laughs> shit fun. Make the like, cause yo, fucking strip clubs ain't nothing but like a fucking car dealership for pussy and shit. That's all it is. <laughs> Soon as you walk on a lot, everyone's like, "Hey, what you need?" <laughs> <laughs> Show you all the models. <laughs> this is our, this is our, these are our little titties. We got the saggy naps over here. <laughs> Except the test drive's really expensive. <laughs> oh my god! I got That's the best. Yeah, I remember I got I got proposition one time, and it cracked me up because I like <laughs> I was definitely single. And what the fuck was it? Oh yeah, because I remember I asked her how much, and she was just like three hundred dollars, and I was just like. Um, I was like, nah. And she's like, what? You don't like pussy? And I was like, ma'am, I love pussy. <laughs> I just, that's not, I don't have that much money at all. And <laughs> also, yeah. She tried, to, she tried to call me out like a bitch. And I was like, I'm not a bitch, I'm poor. <laughs> I remember Bro. the first time going into a strip club, though, they're feeling special. Like, yo, there's so many titties around me. When you're 18, you can first get in, just like, yo, this well, so you're you remember the strip club by uh, where I used to live, Nate, how it was like the was nice really strip really club. Expensive. And that was like my only reference to strip clubs. And then <laughs> the only other one I ever went to was the one on my bachelor party. And that was, I've said it before, they should have called, it was called Silhouettes, but they should call that shit Dale's Basement. Like it was just, it was ridiculous. And it was I was really like, just a bar in like a basement with a couple, it, with a couple ladies. <laughs> it looked like a, one it pole. literally. It literally looked like your uncle's basement who has like a bar down there. They had a pool table, three couches that were all different. Uh, it was, um, and that really gave me perspective on like the wide array of strip clubs. And those, oh, those wow. ones are definitely the more exciting one in my opinion. I, I really like I, the. I miss those strip club days, man. I really do. Cause it's just like, yeah. That was just like the most pure fun that I, I think I've ever had in my life of just like seeing how uh, the strip club game has worked and just like how you know, dudes are dumb. Like I really I really wish more dudes just like. Oh, yeah. That's the other reason I don't go to strip clubs because I turn I 100 percent. I'm embarrassed by it. And I 100 percent turn the guy where I'm like, they like me. <laughs> I just like I and I know my problem, so that's why I that's why I keep a real distance from them. Yo, they like you for the moment, and like, like if you ever got a if you ever got like sex from a like a stripper, it's because they were drinking and they were having a good time, and you actually made it not feel like work just for a little bit, but they still felt like it was work, and like that's the funniest thing. I watched this one girl. I didn't watch her, but like she went to the champagne room. And, like, I guess the dude tipped her way too much and they was drinking way too much. She gave the dude head in the champagne room and she forgot to get paid and she was upset about it. And then she <laughs> told she told the manager and they put her in, like, the chair by the champagne room, like, in a timeout. And that shit was the funniest <laughs> thing I think I've ever seen in my life. I sucked this dick and he didn't pay me. You can't tell me. <laughs> He's like, you can't. That's not. You're not allowed to do that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Time I, mean, I mean we all know that you guys do that but you're not allowed to tell me <laughs> you did that? you're a moron go sit down <laughs> that's exactly what it was that's crazy all right man well i think this is a good place to uh wrap it up gordon thank you so much for coming well, on man thank y'all y'all made today worth wow bro hell yeah hey, i mean show. 
that means a lot, man. Uh, throw out uh, your album, your plugs, all that shit, so people can go check you out more. Hey, check out my album, uh, Gordon Baker Bone, Nobody, Just Me. Uh, it's on all streaming platforms. Please buy it. Uh, please share it. If you need, if you even want to listen to it on Instagram, you can find it out there. Just type Gordon Baker Bone, B-A-K-E-R hyphen B-O-N-E, um, Baker Bone on uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, and Gordon Baker Bone on uh, Facebook. I post a lot of dumb shit just to have fun. So if you guys just want to see some big titties, some big asses and some funny jokes. Come follow my page. Oh, yeah. You want to see how horny Gordon gets on Twitter? Get over there. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, fuck, because when we did Pizza Boys last week, I think St. John called you out for that. And I was like, that is what oh, he's yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> the homie keep looking at my likes. Stay out my likes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and also, uh, me and Nate never do the plugs. I do want to remind people, twitch.tv slash andygotjokes. Go check that out. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sundays. And also, Andy Got Jokes Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and I just got another podcast uh, called Devil Tree with Alex Gubar and Instagram. Is, is that Nate Marshall? Twitter is, is that Nate. Hell yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be about it. Peace. <laughs>